Welcome to my canning cellar, where I don't tell you how to can, but rather tell you how I can. I do my research mostly on the website for the National Center for Home Food Preservation, and I'll link to that in the show description. I also scour Facebook groups for more ideas and recipes. I am a big advocate for everyone doing his or her own research and can the way it makes the most sense as far as confidence and safety goes. This is Season 2, Episode 20, Canning Last Year's Tomatoes. I thought that seeing how it's already into the first week of July, I really should do something with the tomatoes I had frozen last year. I've always admitted defeat to much in a garden, except for tomatoes. I can grow tomatoes if they were weeds. Last year's garden, which was, again, mostly tomatoes, was pretty overwhelming because of my family's caregiving responsibilities toward my now late mother-in-law. So I washed and froze five bags of whole tomatoes. And I figured I'd get to them sometime during the winter. Well, obviously, I did not get to them last winter. And a lot of it was, I saw them there, but yet they didn't register that they were there. And you probably understand about that. How I had prepared them for freezing last fall was I just washed them, cut out any obvious blemishes, and then just threw them in bags and threw them in the freezer. So what I used for equipment was my vintage snap front apron from my mom that has an all-over tomato and red flower design, two stock pots, my electric roasting pan, a strainer, a one-cup measure cup, my canning funnel, the canning debubbler tool, a lint-free cloth, a jar lifter, and pot holders. I decided to pressure can them using my stovetop canner, which holds more jars than the digital canner. I'm bummed that I forgot to weigh the tomatoes, but I figure they were about 25-ish pounds. I also use lemon juice, and I'll explain that in a minute. So what I did was pour each bag of tomatoes into a pot of hot tap water and left them there just long enough for the water to allow easy slipping off of the skins. I saved the unblemished skins to put in my dehydrator, as I've read about many folks doing this, and then they blend them up into a powder to use as seasoning. After the skins were removed, I put all the tomatoes together into my electric roaster pan, and I added just enough water to the bottom to make me feel that they wouldn't stick or burn. But after they started to thaw, I drained that water, as the tomatoes were by then making their own juice. Once the tomatoes were all thawed and they were fairly smushed up, I removed all the stems and any other dark pieces. I drained the tomatoes into a large stock pot. Then I used my measure cup and my funnel to fill pint jars with the tomato meat and then the juice separately in other jars. I don't sterilize my clean jars before canning as long as I'm processing them for at least 10 minutes. And that 10 minutes starts after the venting procedure is done and the countdown begins. Venting is the releasing of steam as a canner gets up to pressure. After 10 minutes of venting, I add the 15-pound jiggler, which is what I need for my elevation above sea level. I don't have a gauge. I have this jiggler. Countdown begins after the jiggler starts dancing consistently about three or four times per minute. And then for me, because I have a propane stove, I'm able to turn my heat down to keep it jiggling without using extra propane that I don't need to. So here's where the lemon juice comes in. I added about one tablespoon of bottled lemon juice to each pint of tomatoes and each pint of juice. 
as there's a lot of information out there saying that modern tomatoes don't seem to have the same level of acidity as the years gone by. The acid is needed to help preserve the safety of the tomatoes once they're canned. I did try a spoonful of the tomatoes with the added lemon juice, and I didn't taste the lemon. Research also told me that sugar can be added to eliminate the lemon flavor, but I didn't bother to add any sugar. After filling the jars, I debubbled them, I wiped the rims with the wet, lint-free washcloth, put on the lids, and then I finger-tightened the rings. The canning time for me was 15 minutes pressure canning. I ended up with 9 pints of tomatoes, 4 pints of juice, and one 12-ounce jar of juice. The juice was not as thick as store-bought tomato juice, but I figured I could use it either in any tomato-based dish, or I could even cook pasta in it. The next day, I saw that two of my tomatoes did not seal, so I opened them up, I drained them again, and because that then made them less than the two pints, but more than one pint, I filled two 8-ounce jelly jars and one 4-ounce jelly jar, and I reprocessed them with new clean lids. And this time, they did seal. My rule of thumb is that I always let the jars sit after processing on a dish towel, now let them sit for about 24 hours, and the reason I put them on a dish towel is to help avoid shock from putting hot jars on a cooler surface. So after 24 hours, I remove the rings, and I lift each jar up with one hand on the lid rim and one under the jar, just in case it didn't seal. I never store my jars with the rings on, as they could conceal a false seal by keeping the lid on, and they also can rust while in my cellar. I store the rings in a tote. Being able to freeze the tomatoes was a luxury and a wonderfully convenient way to store them until time allowed, or truthfully, when time allowed and I remembered they were in there. I haven't been canning much lately, at least nothing new. I'm still canning potatoes as I get them, and I have 10 pounds in my cellar to do up soon. We're also running low on coleslaw, so hopefully soon I'll find a good price point on some cabbage and carrots. Thank you again for visiting my canning cellar, where my podcast studio is commonly called the dining room. Talk soon. Stay safe.